0: Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie De La Tour and this week we have a story from the Obsidian Obscenity burlesque performer Jet Noir. Hi again. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I apologize for being missing in action. Part of it has been that my health, and especially my mental health, hasn't been great lately. I have been working really hard but not on the podcast the podcast is really a labor of love and sometimes it gets a little overwhelming so i did two shows at the end of september uh, a body and a body slam and that was a really exhausting night two back-to-back shows a week later i did a full day storytelling workshop my workshop how to be fascinating And it went really, really well. Got tons of like all tens uh, in terms of surveys, feedback on the class. People really liked it. So I've decided I'm going to keep refining it and I'm going to keep working on it. Because if you don't know, Midori told me it would be a really good idea that if I'm going to hit the road and try and do a national tour, it would be really smart to also teach my one day workshop in the cities that I'm going to. So I'm building right now, and building doesn't always look like you're busy. It's kind of happening in the background. I've been working on what's next. I've been contacting venues all over the country. And I also got a message I want to tell you about. You may remember my super fan, the person who took How to Be Fascinating starting in 2021 and who's been building an unbelievable job history because of the workshop. Uh, they and their trans and non-binary family got saved from the South and moved off to Washington State where their family was protected. They got their dream job, had their salary doubled. The company paid to move them across the country. And I just got this message that said, hey, Dixie, it's the super fan. And you're not going to believe this, but my company, the third largest company in the world, is offering me a job transfer to another role within the organization, which is even better fit for me. And it's all because I'm telling my story to as many people who will listen, and I just want to say thank you, because I wouldn't be here doing all of this without you. Thanks. Messages like that make me feel so good. Sometimes you feel invisible if you're not on stage, you know? I'm used to seeing hundreds of people at a time, and my life has been very lonely without live shows. I miss it so much. I love having people come up and tell me their stories, tell me about their favorite story in the show. Just tell me what body means to them, what the podcast means to them. And those things don't happen unless live shows are happening. So now I'm working on it. (laughs) Hopefully there'll be a show near you happening soon. That's the dream. Nobody in the world teaches storytelling the way that I do. I'm completely self-taught. And at first I wasn't sure if my method would resonate with people, but after almost 17 years of doing this, I'm pretty fucking sure it works. If you want to learn how I teach people to tell stories that are beautiful and empathic and relatable and and all of the things that body storytelling is known for... Take my workshops. I've got two more coming up really soon. And this is going to be learning directly from me, live and in person, in the same room. I've also created this beautiful workbook of the way that I teach storytelling. And I'm making big improvements to this next version. So if you want to learn how to tell a great story, which, as you know, works for job interviews, works for dating and relationships, works for telling stories on stage, works for public speaking, everything is storytelling. Here's the upcoming dates. I'll be teaching it on Sunday, November 5th in Los Angeles, and then again in San Francisco on Sunday, December 3rd. The San Francisco workshop is almost full, so sign up as soon as you can. The workshop is called How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling, and I can't wait to teach you my secrets. Well, I'm about to ask you for something I've never asked you for before. And it's because I just learned something new. I mean, I've always worked in this realm, sex, kink, gender, body image. And I know that the world of social media is getting more and more restrictive. The censorship really makes me nuts. If I have to spell the word sex, S-E-G-G-S, one more time, I'm going to throw something against the wall. But recently, one of my fans was doing an artist promotion on Facebook and was promoting her favorite artist. She said, I'm not getting paid to do this. I really care about the work these people do in the world, and I wanna see some recognition for them. And I learned from Sarah, who was doing the post, that of the 200 artists she had been promoting on social media, only one was shut down, and that was me. When she tried to talk about body, Facebook responded, we cannot promote this profile, it is problematic because it features nudity and adult content. There's never any nudity on my page ever. I have to spell sex a stupid fucking way. And yeah, we're grown-ups. Why can't we talk about things as adults? But it's not allowed. That makes me fearful that social media is going to shut me down. And the reason I'm afraid of that is because so many of my sex educator friends have had their accounts deleted for absolutely no reason with no recourse. So I'm going to ask you to go to bodystorytelling.com slash subscribe and subscribe to my email list. It doesn't go out very often, just a newsletter to tell you what's coming up. And it means that no matter what, you and I have a way to stay in touch. Don't let social media tell you that you're not an adult. So go to my website, click on subscribe. I like it when you let me know what city you're near just in case I happen to be coming that way soon. And thanks in advance for doing that, spread the word. If my account is deleted on social media, it means that you and I can still stay in touch. Our next storyteller, y'all know one of my favorite things is somebody doing this for the very first time. Fear is my kink. Watching somebody walk up to a microphone and talk about their deepest, darkest secrets in front of hundreds of people, it's just vulnerable and raw and real, and it really brings people together. And you become that rock star that we were all promised we were going to get to be. You become famous in the crowd, and people go, I know you You told the story about it feels so good to walk into a room and have everybody know who you are. Our next storyteller is a burlesque performer and kinesthesiologist who is performing at Body Storytelling and telling a story for the very first time. Please welcome to the stage Jet Noir.
2: I have not talked to this many people at once in quite a while. (laughs) So I have a friend, Simone, she and I share the same birthday, we're birthday twins. One day after one of our birthday celebrations, we're sitting down by the lake and we were having a conversation and it occurred to me, I had never, I knew that she was queer, but I didn't really know, I said, do you identify as bisexual? And she thought about it for a minute, she went,
1: mm,
2: no. And she's like, what about you? Do you identify as a bisexual? And I thought about it and I tried to imagine sex and like, mm, no dick. And long, long time ago, I grew up in Detroit and I grew up in a shame-free environment. My mother had a vibrator that was next to the bed there was a, a couple next door who had different flavors of lube on display on their dresser. My brother had all the centerfolds from Penthouse and Playboy plastered all over his wall, so his wall was covered in labia. <laughs> and all of that was just normal until, and, and, but then in this neighborhood, I also had my best friend Damien and he and I would play together. We played together since we were in diapers. And probably around the age of like six or seven, we had just finished like pretending shooting action movie. We were jumping off stuff like kids do. And Damien says, Let's touch butts. So we, we pulled her under pants down and just touched our bare butts. And that was it. And that just sort of became a part of our regular playtime. Seemed normal, you know. And then my Aunt Denise came for a visit. Now my Aunt Denise was, you know, she kept short haircut, really serious face, church-going woman, and mind you, my mom went to church every Sunday, but my Aunt Denise went to fire and brimstone church every Sunday. And so when she came to visit, she was gonna be staying in my brother's room, and she said, those pictures have to come down off the wall because those pictures are disgusting. And I was so confused because I couldn't understand what was disgusting about Vulvas. After lots of arguing, my brother agreed to take the pictures down and everything was cool for a minute. And then my aunt and started talking about possibly going to visit my uncle Ronnie in San Francisco. Growing up in Detroit, I had no idea what that would be like. I, I mean, I imagined the Golden Gate Bridge, and I thought about just California at all, and, and all of it was, it seemed like it was gonna be this really cool trip, and she said, really, really, she got the deep eye contact, you know, and she said, now you know your Uncle Ronnie, he's gay. And she was so serious. And I didn't know why gay was serious. And she just looked at me for a while. I guess she was expecting me to respond some kind of way and I just said, okay. (laughs) I started to hear gay again from the kids in the neighborhood because they were teasing Damien and I for spending so much time together. He was my best friend. We had you know, been together since we could walk, so we always spent time together. And But then they started calling us gay, and it just, I don't know, it just started to feel weird. He was, he was two years older than me, and that may not sound like much as an adult, but as a kid, that's a lot. And I kind of used that as my excuse to just spend less time with Damien. So, I didn't really know how to talk to my parents about that sort of thing, about what I was experiencing there. And I just kind of started to label what happened between Damien and I as molesting. I just, I just told myself that's what it was because it felt wrong somehow and I couldn't really understand how. My. You know, like I said, I couldn't really talk to my parents about this, but my parents, my parents were great. I mean, they had this amazing love story where they met and were married in less than a year. And my dad had this funny way of talking about sex where he would, at a certain point, he just kind of sat me down and he said, Well, you're a man now. I'm going to have to take you downtown and buy you some pussy. and he just started laughing cuz he would always laugh at his own jokes as kind of dad he was you know and so i didn't really know what to do with that and i was like okay <laughs> so when i turned 18 i left detroit i moved to atlanta and things got really interesting for me in terms of dating because I was dating with intention. I was dating like I was trying on partners to see, could this person be my wife or could we have babies together? And I was seeing everyone through that lens. And I started to hear a lot of the women that I was was dating or even their friends talking about just saying really shitty things about bisexual men. Like I can never date a man, it takes a dick or just, they said awful things and, but at the same time, in Atlanta, this is where I started to have queer friends for the first time and attend like, you know, queer events and go to queer bookstores and things like that. 30 years later, uh, I get a phone call from my brother. I was on a business trip in Memphis and he said, that our father's health had taken a turn and that <clears throat> and that I should come home right away so i changed my plans i got i flew from memphis to detroit and i remember at my dad's bedside i was telling him i was talking talking about a woman i was dating at the time and i was and i was sort of reassuring him like don't worry you know i've I found a partner, someone's gonna take care of me the way you had mom, you know, and I was like, I felt like I, felt like I owed him that because I, I expected to have that same love story that they had. He was intubated at the time, he couldn't respond verbally, but he, he gave the, the nods and the physical cues. I, I knew he heard me. Uh, about a week later. <laughs> About a week later, he passed. And I remember when I was at the funeral, I was, my mom was standing next to me. She was kind of waving, uh, waving at the casket as they were putting it in the crypt. And she was saying, bye baby, bye. And, and I think I, I had this, that's when it really hit me that that was their love story. It was a beautiful story. They were together 50 plus years. They had my brother and I, they stayed together till death did them part, but that was their story. It didn't need to be my story, and I let go of that, that romantic story, it, it, and, and that changed everything. It changed the way I saw people the way I interacted with people, instead of seeing people through this lens of potential partnership, I started seeing people as they were. I started being attracted to everyone. (laughs) 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 Because I was no longer thinking about, could this person be my wife? You know, could we have babies? I didn't care about any of that. And sex started to change, too. I realized that I enjoyed friendly fire. And I also enjoyed assisting the other penis in the room with lube application. It felt like the polite thing to do. And I remember I was backstage with this burlesque performer, Paul Pillows, and to give you an idea, this is a chiseled gymnast, cisgender masculine, beautiful, beautiful man. Pleasure to watch on stage and off. And we would talk, and I would just touch his shoulder a few times and be extra nice to him and I, was flir- I flirted with him, we flirted, I flirted. You know all the things that you do when you have a crush on someone and then, fuck. I started questioning if I was really as straight as I thought I was. And with all of that questioning I landed on bisexual, because what bisexuality means to me, it means two sexualities, homosexual and heterosexual tendencies, genders that are like mine and genders that are different than mine. That includes every possible gender. (laughs) To me, bisexuality is all-inclusive. To me, bisexuality is fluid. It is it's kind of a celebration, and this is actually the first pride where I can say that I am out as bisexual. <laughs> Over the past 15 months, I've learned a lot about myself, and Whenever I heard the phrase, back to normal, I would cringe. I never, ever want to go back to normal, okay? I want to continue to discover things within myself, and that's the thing I want to invite all of you to do as well, is to continue to discover new things within yourself. Thank you.
1: I was scared of growing up I didn't understand it, but I was terrified of love Felt like I had to choose, but it was out of my control I needed to be saved, I was going crazy on my own It took me years to tell my mother I expected the worst I gathered all the courage in the world She said I love you no matter what I just want you to be happy and always be who you are She wrapped her arms around me, said don't try to be what you're not Cause I love you no matter what She loves me no matter what I got a little older, wishing all my time away Riding on the pavement, every sunny day was grey I trusted in my friends, then all my world came crashing down I wish i never said a thing, cause to them I'm a stranger now When I ran home, I saw my mother, it was written on my face Felt like I had a heart of glass about to break She said, I love you no matter what I just want you to be happy and always be who you are She wrapped her arms around me, said Don't try to be what you're not, cause I love you The earth with my head held higher I got the love that I need But I was still missing one special piece My father looked at me He said I love you no matter what I just want you to be happy be and always be who you are. He wrapped his arms around me, said, Don't try to be what you're not. Cause I love you no matter what. He loves me no matter
0: That song was No Matter What by Callum Scott. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about Patreon, which is a way that artists can be connected directly with their fans, and you as a fan can support me and ensure that I keep doing this work. It's been really dicey lately, y'all. I mean, I honestly don't know how I'm still turning out shows, how I'm still creating podcasts, how I'm still putting together live shows everything is different. But I've always had this dream and I think I'm a little bit closer to realizing it because Patreon just made big changes in the way that they operate and it means that I'm going to get to connect with you in a new and different way. If you become a member of our Patreon, you and I will be able to connect directly through chat. It means that we can have group messages and everybody can join in. It means that you can create a profile so that other people can meet you and maybe the two of you can decide to go to a show together, even though you don't have anybody to go with and you didn't know that person and you met them in the chat. That's my fantasy. When they told me that one, I was like, people do that all the time, but they had to find each other. And this means that they can connect over their love of the show and go to a show together. They've also got this new thing called Collections, which is going to make it easier to organize my files. They also have a merchandise shop. I'm considering putting some of the live streams on there, and you can join for free. So, if you want to stay connected with body, even if you're not sure if you're willing to invest in body just yet, join for free. It's at patreon.com/body. And if you want to keep body going, there's a multitude of ways that you can support us. There's Cash App, there's Venmo, there's PayPal, there's whatever the fuck, just tell me. I'll make it happen for you because I really don't wanna stop. This is my life's work. And I feel like now more than ever, it's important that we're able to have adult conversations with each other and tell our stories without people shutting us down. Let's make sure they don't shut body down, okay? Go to patreon.com body right now, And I'll see you online. Our time together goes so fast, doesn't it? It makes me so sad. You can continue the conversation, though, you know, because I love it when you write me a review. Apple Podcasts is probably the easiest place to do that. But wherever you listen to podcasts that allows you to write a review, please do so. It's really what's keeping this podcast going. (laughs) I need to know that you're listening. Analytics are not how my brain works. Your words, that's what does it for me. You can also subscribe and rate in the other places where you listen to podcasts. And thanks in advance for doing those things. And while I'm saying thank you, it's time to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Donal Mooney, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Roland James, and podcast producer Roman Denhautiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 276 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, a big love.